Martha, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen the better part, and this shall not be taken away from her. Most of us are familiar with this story. Jesus visits the house of his dear friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Martha wants to make sure everything is proper and beautiful for the visit of their honored guest. So she's busy hosting and serving and taking care of all the needs which proper hospitality requires. Yet she gets frustrated when she sees her sister offer little help with the hospitality. And instead, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, attentively listening to his words. Anyone who has ever hosted a party or welcomed honored guests can surely relate to this story. Martha's doing all the work, and her sister is just sitting around doing nothing but listening to the Lord. Frustration quickly turns to irritation, which turns to anger. Finally, Martha blurts out, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to get up and help. She's annoyed with her sister and hoped that Jesus would side with her and maybe even chastise her sister's laziness. Yet Jesus does the exact opposite. Martha, he says, Martha, you're anxious and worried about so many things, but ultimately there's one thing that is needful, and Mary has chosen the better part, and this won't be taken away from her. What does that mean, one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the better part? We all know how important it is to have workers, people who are ready to put in the time and effort to do the task in front of them. In our church, we're deeply appreciative of all our volunteers who readily help out at each of our events. For example, we have our festival coming up in a few weeks, and how appreciative we are of those who put in days, hours and hours of work, days and weeks, even months before the festival. And then, of course, during the two days, we deeply are grateful for all the volunteers. Now, Martha's sister Mary chose not to get involved in the serving, but simply kept her eyes on Jesus, giving her full attention to him and his teachings. Nothing else was important for Mary at that moment because she was in the presence of her Lord. He is the center of everything. Of course, Martha was offering necessary hospitality, yet she was distracted from what was most important. She then allowed herself, and here was her problem, to allow her distraction to make her annoyed, to get irritated, and then even angry at her sister. To serve with a spirit of joy and gladness is a blessed virtue. Yet once we allow the demon of irritability and anger to set in, we destroy the very blessing of the virtue itself. One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the better part. How many of us understand what this one thing needful truly is? How many of us prioritize what this one thing needful is? To be honest, many of us treat Jesus and his teachings and our relationship with Christ as something nice, something that we may value to a degree, but not something central at the center of our lives. We don't seek first the kingdom of God above all else. We allow ourselves to get distracted by countless worldly pursuits that demand our attention. We turn to what we think is urgent and temporarily important instead of focusing on what is essential and eternal. 
Now, it's interesting that we read this gospel story at all the major feasts honoring the Virgin Mary. Today, we celebrate the falling asleep of the Virgin Mary, the greatest feast honoring the Theotokos. And yet, the gospel story has nothing to do with the mother of God. Yet we read it because the Virgin Mary, above all other people in the history of the world, offers the greatest example of choosing the one thing needful. Now, all the saints of our church are examples for us to imitate, but the Virgin Mary is the first among the saints. In the Matin service we offered before the Divine Liturgy, we heard the gospel story of the Annunciation, when the Archangel Gabriel meets the young maiden Mary and asks her to accept to become the mother of God. When the Archangel Gabriel tells Mary that she is the chosen one in all the history of the world, she is the one person chosen to become the mother of God. Mary has the free choice to either accept or reject this offer. Remember, God never imposes his will on anyone. The greatest gift he's given all of us is our freedom. Freedom to choose to follow and obey him or freedom to turn away from him and follow the ways of the world. Think a moment about the Virgin Mary and the choice she had to make. She was a simple, unassuming, faithful young virgin who, despite her youth, willingly dedicated her whole life to God. She was raised in the temple from the age of two years old. And then when she became around 12, 13, she left the temple and returned back to Nazareth Nazareth, as a young maiden. She surely knew the trouble she would face, she could face, if she accepted the archangel's request. The misunderstanding of being pregnant outside of marriage. The difficulty of not having people believe her explanation that an angel came and told her something unbelievable. And even the threat of being stoned to death. The Virgin Mary could have responded, she wasn't ready to make a serious decision because ultimately she was only 14 or 15 years old. I'm too young to decide, she could have said. Please choose somebody else because I want to live a normal life. Instead of excuses, however, we see courage. She humbly responds, I don't understand this, but here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. From this faithful response, God uses Mary to carry the message of hope and salvation to the entire world. She's the first person to accept the coming of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, and she becomes the one to share his good news to all creation. How many of us today are willing to answer God? Here I am, Lord, your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. The desire of Christ is for everyone to live a holy and sacred life, which radiates his light onto the world. It doesn't matter what we do or what position we hold or what career we have or even how old we are. Most of us are much older than the Virgin Mary when she made her life-changing decision. God seeks from us, just as he sought from the Virgin Mary, to pursue the one thing needful and to commit our lives to following Jesus Christ, obediently walking the path, the narrow and challenging path that leads into the kingdom of heaven. We also see in the life of the Virgin Mary extreme humility. 
She never sought to glorify herself. When people came to her, she always directed them toward her son. We even see this in the many different icons of the Virgin Mary. In every icon, you'll always see Mary, either with open hands that are welcoming everyone to receive her son, or a hand directly pointing to Jesus, inviting the whole world to come and embrace him. The church honors Mary to such a degree, not only because she is the Theotokos, the God-bearer, the birth-giver of God, but because she is Panagia, the All-Holy One. Metropolitan Callistos Ware notes, among all God's creatures, she's the supreme example of synergy, of cooperation between the purpose of God and humanity. God, who always respects our liberty of choice, did not wish to become incarnate without the consent of the Virgin Mary. St. Nicholas Cavasilas writes, The incarnation was not only the work of the Father, of His power and the Holy Spirit, but it was also the work of the will and faith of the Virgin. Just as God became incarnate voluntarily, so He wished that His mother should bear Him freely and with her full consent. This is why the church not only looks at Christ as the new Adam, but also looks at Mary as the new Eve. Her will of God counterbalanced Eve's disobedience in paradise. The one, the humble response in life of the Virgin Mary can and should inspire each one of us to live our lives focused on the one thing needful in a way that we can glorify God. Like the Theotokos, we can become instruments in the hands of God and glorify Him with our lives. One other aspect, and there are many more that I could choose to focus on with the Virgin Mary, but one other aspect we see from the Virgin Mother is the centrality of prayer in her life. Our church realizes the Virgin Mary not only prayed in the temple from a young age and throughout her life in the Gospels, but continues to pray to God on our behalf, even now. This is why over the past 14 days, we offered the paraclesi service, the supplication service to the Virgin Mary, where we were asking and praying to her to pray on our behalf. In this service, we ask the Theotokos to continually intercede on behalf of the world, and especially to the, for those who are in need, and to ask her son to help us in our times of need and distress. Yet, we should not only ask for her prayers, we ourselves should imitate her example and pray con- constantly to God. We should lift up our voices, praising, thanking, worshiping our Lord, as well as supplicating and interceding for one another, and especially for the entire world. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary, your sister, has chosen the better part, and this shall not be taken away from her. Today on the feast of the falling asleep of the Virgin Mary, we lift up the Theotokos, the mother of God, as the greatest example of someone who chose the better part for the one thing needful. May we be inspired by her life and imitate her as we strive to live out her prayer, her words, when she said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices 
in God my Savior.